discusses giving a flame to a chorusha to the kata, not just a coal. We discuss the difference in the shoners of Niva and Leva. What happens when the wind helped create this uh, damaging fire? In the next Mishnah, we discuss fires being chayv on everything, no matter what your ish burnt. Then we have some aganato about peronios coming into the world, what they come for, who they come to, staying inside during the famine, uh, other informative ideas about a famine, how to proceed, and how to spot the Malacham of us, where the Malacham of us is, and how to avoid him. We begin with a Mishnah that tells us if someone gives a Be'era, a, a flame to a Cherishat of a Katan, a coal, he is Pot Bedina Adam Bechayev Bedine Shamayim. If he gave it to a Pikeach, someone with a Bardas, then he will be Chayev for the damage done there. Pikeach, the one who actually set the fire. If there was a joint, jointly created fire. One guy brought the flame, one guy brought the wood. The one who brought the wood is going to be chayev. If one guy brought the wood and the other one brought the fire, the fire guy is going to be chayev. If another guy actually ignites it, then that final step of ignition is going to be the one who's going to be chayev. If the wind actually ignited it, even though they all brought these materials, then they're all potter because the wind was the one which created the fire. None of them actually triggered it. In the Gemara we learn, which Lakish says in the name of Chizkiah, they're only going to be potter when you give the coal over to a Cherishad of a cotton if the Cherishad of a cotton himself actually ignited it, turned it into a flame, blew on it, something like that. But if you actually handed him a already conflagrated flame, then you'll be chayv because it was your action which caused this fire. Damage. Rabbi Yechanan says, no, even if you give him a flame itself, you'll still be potter because it was still the Cheresh that started the fire. You're only going to be Chayev if you give him everything necessary to create a real fire. The kindle, thorns, and a flame. Because there, it was definitely you that created the fire, not the Cheresh of the Vakata. Not Rabbi Yechanan Shita. Now, Rabbi Nachem and Maria Tzchok discusses the Lashoinus. He says, some people learn... Uh, that a flame is a liba, and some call it a niva. And they both have sources in the, the psukim. Liva is mentioned in the Pasuk of Balevas Eish, and niva is mentioned in Bayri Nivis of Asayim. Niv is going out, fire goes out. So that's also a valid way of describing Eish. Next, the Gemara tells us a case if someone lights a fire together with the wind. If his Blowing his his creation of this fire was enough by itself, then he's going to be chayav, even though the wind did take part. If not, and the wind was the final trigger, then he will be putter. I why isn't that like on Shabbos? If someone does zoyre, he winnowing, he throws his grain up in the air, and the wind comes and blows off the shafts. On Shabbos, you're fully chayev. That is Zoyre. So over here also, you did part of it and the wind did the other part. Why, why wouldn't you be chayev just because you didn't do it entirely enough yourself? So Abaye answers, the first of four answers, that over here we're talking about where the wind was blowing in the opposite direction. So it wasn't actually helping you. 
Rather answers. We're talking about where you blew enough, you created enough of a fire to damage with the Ruach Metsuya. The wind came and made enough of a fire to damage only with the Ruach Sheina Metsuya. Meaning you created a flame while there was only a regular wind and then this crazy wind showed up. That you didn't have intention, preparation, expectation for. As opposed to by Zoira and Shabbos, there a regular wind is enough. That's why you'll be chayev. Over here, it was only a Ruach She'ena Metsuya that would have damaged. Reb Zeyre gives us a third answer where he didn't really blow on it to create a fire. He just like did a, a, a regular breathing like someone who breathes into his hands. So the wind really did most of it here. That's why he'll be potter. It's the winds of fire. But Reb Ashi gives us a fourth answer that by Zoyre, you're going to be chayiv when the wind helped because on Shabbos, there's a special rule of Malachas Machsheves Asur Torah. And since your Machshova was to use the wind when you threw it up in the air, that's why you'll be chayiv. Over here, it's just a grama, and grama by damages, by Nizakin, is potter. In the next Mishnah, we learn that if someone creates a fire and it goes out and damages wood, stones, and dirt. He's going to be chayim for all of them because the Pesach says, If it damages any of these things, he has the, the, the person who created this fire has to pay for the damages. And the Gemara Rava tells us, why does the Pesach need to tell me all of these different things that the fire damaged. What's the Chiddush? Koitzim, Gedish, Kome, Sodeh. So he explains why each one was necessary and teaches us another factor in the damaging of Aish. If the Torah had just told us thorns, Koitzim, I would think, well, thorns always get caught fire. That's a normal thing to uh, start a fire. So there's a certain element of pshia in allowing your fire to catch a hold of that. But a haystack, that's not as common. Maybe that's not shchiach, and therefore you're not pshia, and you shouldn't be chayiv. when you're even chayiv on a gadish. And if the Torah only told us the gadish, the haystack, over there, there's a serious amount of loss that was incurred. He lost all of his grain, all of his straw. But by thorns, that's not worth much. Maybe you wouldn't be chayiv on that. Kamash Malan, both. What does the Torah teach us by the third lashon of kome, of stalk? Well, it's teaching me that anything that's like a stalk in that it is revealed, it's upright, and anyone can see it, that's where you'll be chayiv as opposed to if something is hidden, tomon, you'll be potter. Uh, what a, what, that, that works according to everyone besides Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says that you are also chayiv on tomon. What's kome telling me? They tell me that anything that is a bal koima, anything that is upright, any animal, any tree, there are bonon learn animals and trees from the extra word in the Pasuk of oi hakama. Rabbi Huda says oi is telling me lechalek that any one of these is enough to be mechaev you. You don't need all of them. There are bonon learn that out from oi hasada. Ibi Huda says that, that 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 oi is just to keep the pasuk symmetrical. Oi hakama, oi hasode. What does sode tell me? We know what kama does. We know what gedish and koitzim. What does the extra sode tell me? Or Huda tells us. Rather, the Gemara says that that's telling me that a field that gets burnt is chayev, even if it just singes the stones, the edge. That would also be considered for a chiyuv esh. Aye, if that's the biggest chiddush, why not just say sodeh? That would include all the other stuff. 
Nah, because if it only said Sada, I would think, no, a Sada that you're Chayev for. Kamash Malon, that you're not only Chayev in the contents of the field, but for the field itself too. Now we shift into some Agarata. Rev. Shimon Bar Nachmeni Amar of Yorinazan tells us that Peronius tragedies only come to the world when they are Roshoim here. But they only begin with the Tzadikim, because the Pasuk says, and this is how we tie it in, Kiseitze Eish Umotza Koitzim. Eish, fire, Peronius, comes into the world when there are Koitzim, when there are Roshoim. But it starts with the Tzadikim. We see this from the Pasuk of Anechal Gedish. Gedish is, is the Tzadik. Grain the Paris. It doesn't say V'ochal Gedish. It says V'noichal Gedish. That it already devoured the Tzadikim. It hits the Tzadikim first. V'yosef learns from the Pasuk V'atem lo yiseitzu ish mi Pesach Beisayat Boiker by Makas Bechoyrois once the Rebbein gave Roshus to the Mashchis, the Malach HaMoves to come destroy. He doesn't discriminate between Tzadikim and Roshoyim. And not only that, he begins with the tzaddikim. The pasuk says, "Ve'chrasi mimchot tzaddik v'rosh." The tzaddikim first. Rabbi Yosef was was crying when he learned this. He says, "What? Are we like nothing? Why is why are the pronias hitting tzaddikim first? So Abaye says it's actually a toiva for us because the pasuk says, "Kimi pnei hara nesaf hatzaddik." The tzaddikim are brought back to the kisya covid before experiencing the full wrath, the full tragedy. Historically, we find Gedolim dying before the calamities begin. Avram died before Esau went off the Tarbis Raw. Next, Rabbi Yudamarav tells us that a person should only come home and leave or go out off to the road when the sun is shining. Because the Pasuk says, If you recall the first half in Psachim, brings another Pasuk of the brothers leaving Yosef only in the morning. Next, Gemara tells us when there is a dever plague in the city, bring your feet in, stay indoors. The Pasuk says, And the Gemara brings two other Pesukim. Why do we need all three Pesukim? Well, if I just said the first Pesuk, I would think, stay inside at night, but by day you could go out. No, 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 no. Shut your doors, even by day. And with just those psukim, I would think that that's when you don't have a fear of the Malachim Moves. But when the fear is of Malachim, maybe you can go out and hang out with other people. That would be a protection. Oh, comes the third Pesach. If you're scared inside, there's also the sword outside. You have to be scared of the Malachim Moves outdoors as well. During a plague, Rav used to close his windows because the Pasuk says, comes through the windows. Next, the Gemara says, if there is a famine, not a plague, a famine in the city, then go out and find food, go scavenge, take all your stuff with you. The Pasuk says, and it also says, Why do we need the second Pasuk? Because with just the first, first Pasuk, I would think when there's no Suffolk and Nefashes and there's no uh, potential mortal danger, that's where you go find food. But how do I know that if there's a famine, you even go out to find food at the risk of your life? That's the second Pasuk of L'Chuvah Nilfa. 
אלא מחן ערום אם יחיונו ונחיה. Even at the chance of losing our life, we have to get food. Now the Gemara tells us that when there is a famine in the, uh, not a famine, a dever, a plague in the city, pestilence, don't walk in the middle of the street because the Malachim Oves is running around rampant and when he's free, he walks in the middle of the road. He has Roshos, he goes wherever he wants. But when there's peace in the city, then stay off the sides of the road because that's where the Malachim Oves is pushed off to. He doesn't get to walk in the middle so he's going to be on the sides. The Gemara also tells us that when there's a, a plague in the city, one should not go alone into a shul because that's where the Malachim Oves leaves his Kalim. That's where his lunch box is. But you can't go in there as long as there are children learning Torah there. There's a little cheder yeshiva in there. Or there's a minion going on. The Shem Yishmoel explains this next Gemara. Telling us that, that while people are obviously on higher madrigus than animals, we have uh, so many concepts and intuitions that it can be muddled. While animals sometimes can have better spiritual intuition of Ruchnias. And that's why the Gemara says that when dogs are crying, that means that Malach HaMoves has come to town. When dogs are laughing, it means that Leo HaNovi has come to town. They could pick up on these things. Um, all this is only a good sensor uh, if the dogs are not around female dogs, because then that could be the cause for their emotions. Next, Rev Ami, Rev Asi, we're learning by Rev Itzhak Nafcha. One said, Rev, teach us Shmaitza. Samalacha. The other one said, teach us Agadita. So when, when he started, when Rav Yitzchak Nafla started teaching Agadita, the other one said, no, 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 do Shmaitza. Shmaitza, he started, the other one said, no, 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 do Agadita. So he told them, you know, I'll give you a marshal to what's going on over here. It's like a person who marries two wives, one's older, one's younger. So the younger one is pulling out all of his white hairs. The older one is pulling out all of his black hairs, look, look older. At the end of the day, he ends up being bald. So he tells them, you know what, I'll tell you something that'll satisfy the two of you. Some Agadita and some Halacha, some Shmaitza. The Pasuk says, which sounds like the fire goes out by itself, just went out. But then it says, the one who lit it pays. It sounds like he did it. So this is what Akadush Baruch was telling us. He says, I'm going to pay for the fire that I created. I made the fire in Sion, the destruction of the base of Mikdash. And Hashem says, I'm going to rebuild the base of Mekdosh with fire. And as far as Halacha, if Yitzchok Nafcha says, the Pesach begins talking about Hezek moment and it ends up talking about Hezek Gufoy, the person damaging, he was paying to tell us that Eish has the din of Chitzav, not Mamoyna. It's like you did it yourself. When the fire lands, it's like you shot it there. Thank you for learning with me. Have a wonderful day.